comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. recording and this is out now with aaron and abe i am aaron and as always this is abe out now is a film podcast as abe and i discussing new movies weekly we also bring in the latest discussion about movie trailers box office results and predictions a callback to past films similar to the main film of the week games and other fun stuff uh this is episode 59 and today we have another (laughs) uh, a, a, a riveting double review episode i believe we have snow white and the huntsman and Piranha 3 Double D, those are those are actual films, both of those. And um, joining us to discuss both of these films, we have the writer for Film.com and Ropes of Silicon, and the co-host of the podcast Brad and Laramie on movies, uh, and the proprietor of his own rotten apple fruit stand, Laramie Legal. Abe! <laughs> <laughs> What's up? Yeah, I just wanted to do that too. It feels good. That was fun. Yeah, it's nice. It makes me feel better when I hear it. <laughs> That's why I look. I look forward to Sundays just to hear the the, the jovial nature in, in, in Abe's voice. Oh uh, yes. <laughs> uh, also joining us later on for a special spoiler section of Piranha Three Double D, just to bring this up now, uh, Le- Leah Leah Duzzi, who's been you know she's been wanting to talk about Piranha for a long time since I believe her first stint on the show actually. So I mean, I think. She's, she'll be joining us later, so just stay tuned for, for that, for her thoughts on the movie as well. But uh, for now, we're just going to get into the regular show here. So first up, a few announcements. Um, let's see, iTunes reviews and ratings. Always, you know, always nice to get those. Helpful. Helps the show out. Very simple to do. Just bring that up once. Uh, the other thing, um, I brought up this up on our Facebook page and our Twitter page. Um, just a few, if anyone had any questions, you know, it's like it's fun answering questions. I figured that would be an easy way to do it. So we got a few, we got a few questions, Abe. Eh? Yeah, I know. I saw it. It's really so, pretty good. Yeah, okay, yeah. So I'll just I'll just kind of read them out. We can kind of play by ear here. Laramie, you can, you know, join in as well. We have, the first one the first one we have is uh, what is your favorite movie that you're afraid to admit in public that you secretly love? So I guess that's like a guilty pleasure question. Abe, any come to mind? Uh I'm gonna say no, I can't think of anything you have that no off guilty the top of my head. You have no guilty. Yeah, nothing that would embarrass me off the top of my head. No. You love, you love all the shitty movies that you like. Yeah, including Piranha Four Double D. Laramie, you have any guilty guilty pleasure? I it's not actually a pleasure, but there was a good year where I watched Couples Retreat a lot, <laughs> and it was because I could write to it because I knew nothing would happen that interests me at all, so I could just have it on the background. So I could probably do the entire movie verbatim. But uh, I mean, I wouldn't call it a good film by any stretch, but I guess it's a guilty pleasure because you wouldn't expect me to have Couples Retreat on all the time. Yeah, so. I can I can see that. Yeah, I got. I have a few. Um, the move, the the big hit with Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg. That's that's a movie I kind of love. I don't. Know I sort of agree with you, but yeah. I kind of love that movie. It's so like silly, but like it's like he's a hitman who doesn't like anyone that hates him. It's like really. 
Lou Diamond Phillips. Lou is Diamond Phillips is in there, yeah. <laughs> and there's actually some good action in that movie. Like I like watching that movie. I have it on Blu-ray. That's how much I like that movie. That half Asian girl's in there looking really hot. <laughs> oh, I've got one. Domino. I like Domino a lot. I don't even call that a guilty pleasure. <laughs> Oh, I think some people really hate that movie. I know, yeah. I know, I know plenty of people hate that. You know what? It, it proudly says two thumbs up from Ebert and Roper on the cover. <laughs> and I'll go one better. And I told Jordan Grout this the other day. Um, I had Richard Kelly sign my Domino DVD when I, I saw him once. And I like had it with me. And I had him sign the cover because he wrote the script for that movie. Um, oh, the other one, The Pest. That was another movie I had. Like, <laughs> John Leguizamo. John Leguizamo. <laughs> that one you should be a little ashamed of. Yeah, I, I am. <laughs> I kind of want Abe to delete that part of the podcast. No, um, nope, not gonna happen. All right. So the next question we have is, uh, why is Abe so attractive? And uh, I think the answer is obvious: genetic defects. I think that's yes. The... Yes. Serious reading. How hot is Abe? See on one to ten. Well, depends on how low and how high your one is and your ten is. He's like a six point five. It's pretty um, good. It's pretty. It's pretty good. Yeah, Aaron's okay. about a six point five. Hey, a lot of six point five in here. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's a party. <laughs> okay, uh, the next question, Abe. I think we both know the answer to this one, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna read it out. Then we'll one, sure. two, three it. Okay, so it's uh, what is your favorite Matthew Broderick movie? So uh, here we go. Uh, one, two, three. Biloxi Blues. Biloxi Blues with Matthew Broderick, Broderick and Christopher Walken. Walken. Yeah, that's the Jeez, glory. <laughs> I choose glory. I choose glory. All right. Glory. All right, so those are those are some Facebook and Twitter questions. That was that was neat. Right. We should get, we should do that more often. But yeah, let's move on now to know everybody. We're um, similar to what we just did, except though this will relate to our the movies of the week. We're gonna ask each other some questions to kind of set more of the tone for this podcast and better get to know everybody. So uh, with that, uh, how about Abe? You start this off this week. All right, Laramie. What kind of sea creature would you want to see next in three double D? I want to see the giant squid really take off. See, that'd be cool. That would be cool. Yeah. Like, I, want to, I feel I'll... like that's uh, James Cameron waiting to happen, right? Yeah, or like it wasn't like even like David Fincher developing a Twenty Thousand Leagues movie or Mick G. I forget which one. <laughs> yeah, that would work. I would. I would take that. Uh, I will say, Aaron. Yeah. What is the difference between John Huntsman and the Huntsman who helps Snow White? <laughs> uh, hmm. Well, the Huntsman that has that. That um, Hunt Snow White, he has a nice smile. That's. <laughs> I think we've a, we've we've previously established how much. He readily shows in the film, and I thought about you when he did that. And I mean, I mean, especially I mean, John Huntsman. I mean, considering that he's you know a politician, you'd think he'd have a nice smile too. But honestly, Chris Hemsworth, like that smile, that kills me. So we also would have taken one was effective. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> John Huntsman, not for president. Yeah, Thor found like Snow White like right away. He's like, oh, you want me to? Oh, there she is. Like, he's found her. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Guys, come on. She's under this tree. Come on, seriously. <laughs> you needed me for this? Okay. Um, Abe, is there any other fairy tale move like that could? Is there any other fairy tale that could benefit from a modern live action adaptation? Fairy tale. Hmm. Let's go with. Uh... Oof. I think it'd be pretty interesting to see The Little Mermaid, I guess. Is that a fairy tale? It's live action? Yeah. I think, uh, yeah. I think that's a fairy tale. Yeah, it's a Hans Christian Andersen yeah. thing, I think. I, especially with like the, the very sad, dark ending. I, I think that'd be very interesting. Well, Abe, that's called Splash. <laughs> that's with the fun ending. And her name is... We should insert her name right now. It's Madison. 
No, her 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 Aaron? mermaid name Aaron? in Splash. Yeah, that's it's Madison. Oh, her mer- okay, I remember Splash. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's like sonar or whatever. Like yeah, it just starts breaking everything. Uh, let's see. Uh, Aaron. Yeah. Is Chris Hemsworth a friend of the show yet? No, he just has a nice smile. Oh, okay. he's, he's too popular for our show. He's no, what? He's, he's not Kyle Chandler. Well, Kyle Chandler is pretty down to earth, yes. Kyle Chandler. I mean, even Tim Riggins isn't a friend of the show. He's just Tim Riggins. Ah, uh, Tim. We need more star power. <laughs> Well, once we once we break the William Fickner bank and we finally get him to be on the show. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm going to Facebook him. <laughs> Larry, what horror movie remake could better be accomplished as a musical? Mm. Saw 2. <laughs> Specifically Saw 2? Specifically Saw 2. Because they're all in the house, so I mean, I guess that makes sense. Uh, singing and Dancing Jigsaw would work. <laughs> well, he's cancer-ridden. <laughs> Abe, what is your favorite Charlize Theron role? Um, I really like her in Young Adult, and I was gonna rewatch that after uh, Snow White and the Huntsman. I think it's because she's very troubled. I kind of never really see a resolution to her character, especially with like the hair picking thing, and her parents tell her to stop, but she never really gets into it. Um, but yeah, she's just very troubled, and she kind of goes through a, a series of revelations, and she has this great mental breakdown. Uh, toward the end of the film uh, and everyone is just it, it kind of almost just backfired on her 100% which is very devastating and sad um, so it, it was very nice character work on her part I don't think you, I don't think we've talked about that I don't think I know that you saw Young Adult until Young just Adult? Now. When did you see uh, it? I saw it like uh, last year Did you? Sometime. Yeah. Was it on your top 10 list? It was not Okay Yeah that's a movie I like more. Like after I watched it the first time, I watched I watched it again and again, and it's like this movie gets better to me. Like Laramie, do you like that movie? I like it. I really like Patton Oswalt in that. Yeah, for um, sure. Yeah, Patton Oswalt, right? I don't know if I love it just because it's. Not, I don't know if it's something I'd go back to. It's a little on the downside, but I definitely appreciated it. Have you seen it the once, or have you seen it more? Yeah, just the once theatrically. I saw it. See, that's yeah, because I had that because it's it's still like. I would consider it my least favorite of Jason Reitman's films because I would really like Jason Reitman's body of work so far, and including Young Adult, but I still kind of find it lower than the others. But like I've having rewatched it, I still I like still really dig. I was like, this movie actually, I, I like this movie more than I kind of did the first time I saw. There's a lot of really good character work going on. Kind of just grows on you, huh? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Uh, Larry, did you have one in mind? You know, uh, has anyone ever seen Two Days in the Valley? I ha- I love that movie. That movie's yeah. She's she's really really young in that, but but damn effective. And uh, what was the other one I was thinking of? I'm just bringing her up right now. So Mighty can... Joe Young. Uh, <laughs> Beyond Flex. Totally no. Uh, I think she wasn't bad in actually bad on Seattle. She was decent. Um, oh, Legend of Bagger Vance. Done. <laughs> I actually did like her in Legend of Bagger Vance. I'm not even kidding with that. So it was a big woolly weekend. No one likes Monster, <laughs> it seems, but that was her Oscar role. That was her Oscar role, right? <laughs> I like Monster. Was... It wouldn't be like I wouldn't like, oh man, that's my Charlie's role of choice, but that <laughs> I liked her in that movie. Or I I admire the work that she did in that movie. I would say I would like to forget Hancock. Aaron feels almost exactly the I'm same. I'm not I'm not no, Alan's the one that hates that movie. I don't hate that movie. I just I there's there's a good hour in there. <laughs> I don't hate it. It's just not good. Yeah, agreed. There you go. <laughs> it, yeah. All right. I think that, yeah, that's everybody. Um, so 
with that being everybody, that's how you play Know Everybody. So, moving on, let's uh, get to uh, movie trailer talk, where each week we discuss some of the newest movie trailers that have hit the uh, hit the webs in the theaters, and um, we have two brand spanking new trailers this week. The first one we have is the film, the newest film adaptation of Les Miserables, or as Matthew McConaughey may pronounce it, Les Miserables. And uh, that's a that's a Bernie joke. I don't think anyone saw Bernie. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, this is the uh, the new adaptation of Les Misérables, which uh, stars Hugh Jackman as Jean Jean Valjean. Said that wrong, didn't I? Jean Valjean, yeah. Jean Valjean, eh, close enough. Close enough. As well as um, Anne Hathaway, Russell Crowe, Amanda Seyfried, and a lot of other people. people Helena Bynum Carter and Sasha Baron Cohen are both three name actors are in this movie. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, this is the uh, new adaptation of Les Misérables. It's the musical version of it, as opposed to like Liam Neeson did like the the straight adaptation version of it. I think like in like the nineties, like late nineties. Um, but yeah, this is a full musical version, and I believe the um, the actors in this movie they actually sang on set, which is something that's interesting to me, as opposed that's to kind cool. of redubbing it later. So uh, with all of that in mind, uh, Laramie, what did you think of the trailer for Les Misérables? I I, re- I did really like it. Um... I worry a little bit about Anne Hathaway in general. It seemed like she was really overacting a little bit. Um, I like the vibe. I like the feel. I like the song they chose. I think, uh, is it Eddie Redmayne? I think he's got a really good future in front of him. Um, So in general, it was a lot better than I thought it would have been. At the same time, I think it's really easy to make a good trailer for a musical. So I guess uh, B (laughs) minus. Um, Abe? Uh, yeah, Larry, I kind of echo your sentiments on Anne Hathaway uh, as well. Um, I'm a tad, that's probably the only thing. Uh, I definitely liked the uh, the casting of Hugh Jackman. I, you know, if you've seen the Oscars opening and I guess The Boy From Oz, which I've never seen, but you know, apparently he's got some good chops. Um, and then Russell Crowe is just looking moody with like close-up zoom shots. But uh, yeah, it, it looks good. Um, I definitely think that the 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 addition of Tim Hooper, you know, when they wrote Tom, Tom Hooper. Oh, Tom Hooper, when they wrote um, from the director of the King's Speech, I think that kind of helps it a lot as well. Uh, so I'm in for it. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm. I, yeah, I, I like this trailer quite a bit actually, and yeah, it might be a speak. Yeah, it's a really you know to edit a trailer for a musical that works really well. You just set the song over a bunch of series of images. But that said, I was really intrigued by the trailer. I was like, this actually looks. I, I want to see this movie now more than I did when I first knew about it. And I, I hope that Tom Hooper can make me happy with his direction because I'm still angry that he won direction for King's Speech last year or two years ago. But, um, yeah, I mean, I I, I I think it looks good. That's kind of where I'm at with it. I, I like Hugh Jackman a lot in general. And, you know, looks like he's really being put to task in this movie, going through, going through hell. And, uh, yeah, and Anne Hathaway, and she also got her head shaved, so people people are putting in the work. It looks like it. V for Vendetta style. <laughs> exactly. Um, and yeah, I'm I'm just curious to see Russell Crowe singing. I think that's where I, where I want where I, what I want to know in this movie. I want to see how that sounds. I want to see if he's fighting around the world. I, I'll say I'm more curious to see Les Miserables than I am The Great Gatsby right now. Interesting. Based between the two trailers, even though they're cut, they're very different. I'm. I'm they, I got the same kind of vibe from both of them where I watched them when the, you know, just kind of period set pieces coming off both, both at Christmas. <laughs> yeah. 
One of them's got Kanye, though. I mean, you got to give it to that, though. Well, okay, whatever. Uh, so, <laughs> Les Miserables comes out December 14th, 2012. The um, next trailer we have is The Born Legacy. Now, this is the actual trailer for the film as opposed to the teaser that we got earlier in the in the year. And uh, this is, of course, the new entry in the Born franchise, which now stars Jeremy Renner in the lead role. And among a host of others, you got Edward Norton, Rachel Weisz. Joan Allen still in there, uh, Scott Glenn. Uh, yeah, and uh, this film, uh, apparently, from the trailer, it seems to take place within the same, somewhat the same time frame as the Bourne Ultimatum did, so that kind of makes it a, I don't know. I don't know what. Abe, what did you think of the trailer? <laughs> uh, quite honestly, I was more intrigued with the teaser than this one, uh, and I think that's probably because it kind of leaves you to the imagination of where you think the story could go. And this one, it looks uh, kind of pretty standard, which is unfortunate. And I, I also think that they had to add in that. I think there a lot of the. Uh, what am I? What am I trying to say here? It feels they really, though, they really tie it to the series. Right. Yeah. They and I felt as though they got a lot of backlash from the community. So they probably had a lot of questions of where's that Damon. So I think this is though they had to just insert his name into the film, and so it makes you intrigued as oh he's actually going to make a cameo or something like that, which might be true, but at the same time I'm not really sure. Also, I feel as though Rachel Weisz, man, like, I don't know what her role is in this movie. She's just like a scientist that is on the run now as well. I, I really don't. She plays Julia really... Styles. Yeah, exactly. But with no, probably no fighting skills. And she's probably just like, a, she's going to be that that character who just explains everything to the audience. I don't know. I'm, I kind of really like the trailer as a teaser better than the full length trailer. So it's a bummer. Laramie? Yeah, I, I guess I liked it more than the first teaser we saw, which seemed really, really repetitive. I kind of like the weaving in of Matt Damon. Um, I don't think he'll be in the movie, but I like the weaving in, at least, you know, digitally with, like, acknowledging he exists. Um, it seems like the same movie as the, you know, it doesn't seem like an evolution of the series. It seems like the same thing in parallel. So I'm not sure where they're going to get the conflict from other than, like, okay, it's an asset out of control, which is the exact same premise as the first three Borns. Um, I do like... Edward Norton quite a bit. I know he has kind of a reputation as a, you know, a difficult guy to work with, but I think he is a really tremendous actor. So I think he'll be a great addition to the series. Um, yeah, it looks better than I thought. And it looks better than the teaser, you know, a couple months back showed, but uh, I still don't have any reason to believe it'll be better than, you know, the original Bournes. Uh, so are, are you a fan of the Bourne series in, in general? Yeah, I definitely am. I like Bourne. Yeah, for sure. I, I am too. And I, yeah, I like, I like all of those movies. Yeah. It just seems like it might be done, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, there yeah. certainly seemed to be, you know, a sense of finality in Ultimatums, but uh, <laughs> yeah, so I'm kind of in the same camp as you. I really, I like this. Uh, I like this uh, trailer just about the same as I, I like the teaser. Actually, in terms of, I'm still excited for this movie. I wouldn't say it's like, you know, one of my top movies I need to see this year, but I'm still like, yeah, okay, well, it's, it looks like a fun action movie, I guess. And yeah, it, it helps that the pedigree of the cast is is quite good. I mean, I, yes. I like I like a lot of these people in this movie, so it, it'll be. And, and I like seeing I like whatever Stacy Keach pops up in things, so that that's inspired right there to me. But uh, yeah, I I like the I like the seeing the kind of I I, I sorry. I like seeing more of the action in this trailer because uh, the, I think one of my biggest concerns was how Tony Gilroy is going to handle the director's chair this time around, as opposed to, you know, how Greengrass has put his stamp on and, you know, Doug Lyman in the first film. But there's certainly a, a definite stamp in terms of how the action is handled in these movies. And for Tony Gilroy, who's only done Michael Clayton and Duplicity, not movies that are, you know, 
known for their action sequences. Action like it'll be it'll be interesting to see him, you know, put into the chair of someone that suddenly. I mean, and that's like a lot of second unit stuff too. But like seeing him put into the role of being a guy that has to handle the intense nature of action sequences for the Bourne franchise, I'll be. Be curious if it comes out well. From what I saw in the trailer, it looks, I mean, it looks comprehensible. I could tell what was going on in the, the snippets I saw. And it looked, frankly, exhausting seeing Bourne do some of the things that he was doing, or Bourne, seeing Jeremy Renner's character do what he was doing in the movie. So, um, yeah, um, I'm still looking forward to the movie. Looking forward to it more than I am Total Recall, which opens on the same day. So, And I'm surprised that neither of those movies have moved yet, given all the shifting and release dates thus far. So, Talking about UGI Joe. Yeah. Doesn't it seem like one of these, like Born Legacy and Total Recall open on the same day? Doesn't it seem like one of those movies is probably going to move at some point? If I had to put money on it, I'd, I'd bet on Total Recall. Total Recall was made for $200 million, which is like $150 million too much. Holy crap. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they might be in trouble given this summer's finances. Yeah, but it's like, and, but, and both of these are... I mean, shouldn't one of these movies move? Like, it seems like, isn't there like a space somewhere <laughs> at one point for like... It's a game I, of attrition between the two. Like, like Ted moved, right? And what was Ted opening? Like, the week well, before... Well, Ted moved it up. It moved up, and it's like the yeah. week before... Yeah, I noticed, too, because now, like, the marketing's way more aggressive for it since it's coming out in, like, three weeks. But, uh, eh, whatever. Well, mm. I don't I don't need to speculate about what Sony thinks they're going to make with Total Recall. <laughs> that's, that's for them to do. So, uh, yeah, the uh, Born Legacy opens August 3rd, 2012. And, uh, yeah, uh, I think we're, yeah, it, lo- it looks fun. It looks like a good action movie. We'll see. See where that goes. So, uh, yeah, that's going to take us to the end of a uh, trailer talk and into our movie, our main film reviews. And uh, we're going to start off with Snow White and the Huntsman. Mirror, mirror on the wall. Who is fairest of them all? You are the fairest, but there is another destined to surpass you. What does she want from me? Consume her heart, and you shall rule forever. Someone who doesn't fear the dark forest to hunt her down. Right. If I refuse, who are you? Why the queen wants you dead? You should know you're the one hunting me. eyes, Huntsman, but you do not see. She is destined to end the darkness. Okay, so that that should have been some of the trailer for Snow White and the Huntsman. Um, this is the newest adaptation of Snow White. I say newest because we already had one this year. And uh, this kills the, the much darker Lord of the Rings type route as opposed to the more classical versions of Snow White, where we have uh, Kristen Stewart on the run after escaping a castle she's been locked up in for many years based on the orders of the evil queen played by Charlize Theron. But now since Charlize Theron is, you know, she she needs to destroy Snow White and take all of her heart because she needs to prove herself as fairest of them all, she enlists Chris Hemsworth, a huntsman, to go after Snow White and bring her back. 
of course, the Huntsman kind of defies this rule and and uh, goes off with Snow White, and they, they venture on their own, hopefully to neighboring armies that are seeking to end the queen's rule and of course fantastical hijinks ensue from there <laughs> so it's <laughs> my best ones i think um yeah <laughs> with that said laramie what did you think of snow white and the huntsman first off how dare you mention lord of the rings and snow white and the huntsman in the same breath sorry that's ridiculous <laughs> uh it's one of those movies that as you're watching it is not very good. And then the more you think about it afterward, the angrier you get to the point where it's just like an F minus when it's really probably just like a D plus in real life. It's pretty aimless. It wanders. It's an extended chasing for about a hundred minutes of it. There doesn't seem to be an internal logic or rules. Magic is employed at certain points, you know, for certain purposes and then not employed at others. No one's motivations seem entirely clear. Uh, it's just not a very well-written movie. I don't blame the actors so much. They were kind of given what was there on the page. So I don't really have a problem with uh, The Huntsman or uh, Stuart or Charlize. But I just didn't think there was much story there. Um, and as for as much as they were going for like the dark, gritty aspect, it seemed pretty safe in PG-13 to me. At some point, I promise we will get you on for a good movie. But with that said, <laughs> I look forward to that. Yeah. Abe, what did you think of Snow White and Huntsman? Uh, I thought that it was uh, it was ambitious in its uh, goal, lofty goal, but I think that it really fell short of that. It's it, the movie drags a lot, and uh, Laramie is right that it's kind of just like a glorious chase scene for felt way more than two hours. Um, but it's it's kind of just shallow and it kind of is a bummer because Kristen Stewart is apparently not very good at acting so they may have just limited her lines um she's looking very grimy in this movie too but I must say that Chris Hemsworth I liked him in this movie I liked his uh, his jokes early on and then I kind of just liked how uh, he was more badass than than that uh, other guy William that guy's a, a loser yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah definitely it's it's kind of just really strange because it takes you on this quote-unquote journey and it kind of really doesn't uh, get anywhere because all of a sudden after like an hour of sleeping she has this fiery speech which wasn't too fiery and then they go marching into into Mordor so <laughs> yeah I, I'm not really too sure about uh, what it's trying to achieve but I'm pretty sure that it was ambitious they did a really good job with the visual effects, which I was very pleased about. But other than that, I mean, I really can't say that it was, oh, wow, this is like uh, the crowning achievement of, of Kristen Stewart and, and Charlie Theron's career. Yeah, um, I'm not going to say we're going to do spoilers for this movie because we don't tend to on this show anyway. But I will say that this is the snow. This is knowing the Snow White story and knowing that the trailers pretty much show that it all leads to this ridiculous action finale. I'm going to be a little looser than I normally am with some of the things I say, just to preface what I have. But, um, yeah, I didn't like this movie either. Um, that said, I didn't hate the movie. I think it's certainly, despite being so grim throughout the movie, I, there's just no sunlight at all. It, it is a, there, there's a lot of striking visuals in here, and I really wish there was more done with the worlds they were creating. And I have a couple of films I can think of that for the movie callback section with that kind of play with this a lot better. But, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, is good looks aside, that's what you get when you have a ginormous budget for whatever reason. This movie's not good, and aimless is, yeah, the best word, I think, to describe it. There's 
just just nothing going on in the in the story for a good chunk of the time and it's not aided by the visuals in terms of I'm enjoying this movie because it's so bland to watch and it's a shame because like there's a number of ways I think this could have been handled better given like the idea that they are approaching Snow White with I think um if the movie set like if it set itself as focused on Charlie Theron's character more instead of just having her kind of in the beginning and then she just kind of drops off for a long time and then gets back to her towards the end. Like, I think there's a more interesting movie there, perhaps, but no, we're focused on Kristen Stewart and the Huntsman walking around. And, like, I don't, I didn't mind Kristen Stewart in this movie, like, in terms of her skill as an actress. I think it's just more of the movie's just bad. Like, the, the, the screenplay is just, nah, there's nothing here for her to, to really do. That said, she has quite the her her accent isn't exactly it's it's kind of in the the realm of Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves with Kevin Costner. I think it, I think that's fair enough to say. But um, yeah, there's nothing. There's just nothing. It's a really bland and forgettable movie for being one that has so much like potential to be better. There's just nothing here. Right. Yeah, it's 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 uh yeah, it's it's not good. <laughs> um. Let's just let's just get into it. The um, yeah, let's talk about I, the let's talk about the dwarves a little bit. <laughs> I like the casting. I like the casting of these dwarves, but yeah, I, I I'm not really sure if they're supposed to tell you that maybe Bob Hoskins is is blind. I'm not sure, but they never really go into any of that. I think and, they made it clear that he's blind. I was clear. I was like, oh, he's he's the blind one. He's blindy. Yeah, he's on the seas <laughs> without seeing. I guess they're, they're oh, sleepy and dark, dopey and, and, and blindy, right? Uh, we're going to hell what i did what i did enjoy was that there were i i clearly noted there were eight dwarves and so i'm like oh what one is gonna die (laughs) that's for sure (laughs) i counted them out right away i was like oh yeah and it had to be the redhead it had to was like well it's it's clearly gonna be this friendly the friendliest dwarf of them all he's gone it's not gonna be nick frost i know that it's not gonna be ian mcshane i liked all their dwarf haircuts and their dwarf yeah. noses. They, all, they, all they had, were pretty punk rock. Yeah, they all <laughs> they all had, they all had like a similar theme, but slightly shaved in different ways. It was it was neat. But uh, I kind of like the dwarves. I like the the how they were able to miniaturize them and make them look a little bit shorter. I'm sure that they used like stand-ins, but uh, for some shots. But you know, uh, they were they were a nice addition, I guess, even if they were there for sometimes comic relief. I was I was happy that there was some kind of comic relief. I was just so like, oh my god, everyone's just so dour all the time in this world. At least the dwarves are kind of there's something here. <laughs> yeah. I, the one thing is, they introduce them pretty quickly. Yeah. They don't build a lot of character, and then they sort of expect you to care, you know, about the tragedy or whatever that befalls them. But it's like. You don't. Yeah, you don't even <laughs> right. know their names. Yeah. So they have like, yeah. they all had like one syllable is like peer and jaw and brr. Like <laughs> these are the <laughs> names of the dwarves. What was that last one, Aaron? Brr. <laughs> they introduce them really late in the film. I think it's probably at least an hour in. Right? Yeah, yeah, it comes way late. And then after the after the the LCD trips through the uh, L, sorry the L <laughs> the LSD trips through the through the dark right. forest. The one thing they definitely did do, Lord of the Rings wise, is like the singing scene to commemorate someone's passing away thing. Yeah, yeah I got a big. That's supposed to be <laughs> so profound, hits you over the head with it. Yeah. <laughs> did you guys see Mirror Mirror? Did you like Mirror Mirror? I didn't see Mirror Mirror. I did not see I, it. I have I have a couple of friends of the show that have seen Mirror Mirror, and they thought it was better than they were expecting to. I thought it was pretty good, legitimately. 
How would you I compare think... the two? I, I, they're probably not comparable, but you know, like yeah, I mean, they're definitely a different vibe. But Tarsum's visuals are much stronger to me, and there's much more of a story arc. Like Mirror Mirror is a fairly solid B. You know, it's it's definitely worth a watch wow. if you like Tarsum. You know. See, I like Tarsum, so like I'll probably give it a shot when it comes on Blu-ray, you know, and it'll probably look fantastic on Blu-ray. So I'll probably, probably yeah, I think it's just technically executed on a much higher level than this. And I'd, I'd imagine cheaper too. <laughs> so, it had to have been. Yeah, it had to have been. Like this is 170 like, million. Yeah, this is like a ridiculous. But for a and for like a first time director too, Rupert Sanders. Like this is like coming off of like what TV commercials and stuff. Like this is his big theatrical debut, and they just gave him money to, to play with for this Snow White movie. Is that really his uh, his calling? His his television commercials? I believe. Yeah. Oh wow. Huh. Yeah, it was clearly a bit more than he could uh, chew. Oh, yeah, just no, yeah. One, no one did, like, a good round table through the script and, like, you know what? Some of this doesn't make sense. There's no <laughs> point here. <laughs> like, let's talk about some of the queen's logic. So she kills the king, right, at the beginning, and then she she locks the she locks Snow White away for some reason? Like, she doesn't just kill her, too? Yeah. Like, you just... Well, like... You have to think that she. You would have to think that she has like a soft spot for. I don't for think she. I mean, why? Why, why would I? Why am I led to believe she has a soft spot? She doesn't. She no, no, no. Because you know, she herself is a woman. The logic is that males are are very disrespectful. I guess. Yeah. But, okay. I guess. She was <laughs> murdering women left and right. What are you talking about? <laughs> Stealing their beauty, right? Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. It's just like, oh well. It also doesn't make any sense. Did you guys notice at the end somebody who's had their beauty sucked away? Is all of a sudden. Well, no, that's the, that's the queen's spell wearing off, Abe. I, oh, I, that really was, oh, that okay. was clear enough to me because my friend looked at me and point, made made the same point. I'm like, no, 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 the queen, the queen's, the queen's spell wore off. That's that's obvious. We're also we also are led to believe that we're in a world where Charlize Theron is not as beautiful as Kristen Stewart, which is something that that bu- bu- bugs me. It makes me think it's almost impossible. It makes the it makes me question the the mirror and whether it needs an update or not. And when I say the mirror, I mean the T one thousand. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. I was like, I'm so glad T1000 has work again. <laughs> I was surprised that um, Robert Patrick got a role in Snow White and the Huntsman. And he's very tall in this role. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably like 6'6. Six, six. They seem to indicate there was some like magic transference thing between her and her brother where they could like give and take certain things. Yeah, which yeah. didn't come across very, I mean, beyond like the obvious, like, oh, well, he's hurt, so she's hurt. But like, they didn't really establish any of this. Right. Yeah. They, didn't, they didn't do anything with it. Yeah, it was kind of an interesting premise that was about four seconds of the film. And then they're like, well, let's just concentrate on Kristen Stewart running away again. Yeah, that's, our, that's our hero. Let's get back to that. Let's get back to her yeah. and all those lines of dialogue she has. Uh, <laughs> and her speech at the end is ridiculous. Like, who wrote that? I think it was the same writer that wrote um, Kira Knightley's speech in At World's End. I mean, that had um, to have been the back of a napkin. <laughs> yeah. Literally, yeah. And I was thinking, like, you know, you could really exchange Kristen Stewart with really anybody. And then the first one I thought was Rihanna from Battleship. <laughs> I was like, they probably have the same number of lines. You know what? I'd be more intrigued by the movie if Rihanna started Snow White. And <laughs> that, I'd automatically be like, that that seems like an interesting movie. <laughs> Watch that. <laughs> you know, okay, so here, there's another thing I thought of while I was watching Snow White, pretty clearly. Because um, I, I, lo- I love Game of Thrones. So I watch, I mean... I watched Game of Thrones, and I was thinking, that show does such a great job at character work and, like, has the visuals in the background. And this movie's the exact opposite, where it's all about the visuals and the fantasy world that they've created and just pushes everything else away from it. Like, everything else that matters in terms of caring about the story and, you know, understanding who these people are that we're following. 
none of that none of that registers and i'm like wow i I really can't wait for sunday so i can watch game of thrones again and appreciate a fantasy world type setting but you know having something to care about within that world and it's just this movie's empty to me there's just nothing here beyond like oh yeah the troll looks nice like there's nothing else to go on and what's amazing is game of thrones season one cost 50 million to make and it gave you 10 hours of entertainment and Snow White and the Huntsman cost $170 million to make and gave you four minutes of entertainment. <laughs> so it's like, why would anyone be making, you know, theatrical films these days? Just, like, put it to give it to a TV guy and let him do actual good work. It's very sad. There were four minutes of fun in this movie? I, I had four minutes of fun in this movie. I could give it that. Yeah. There were four minutes of fun. I think that the I think the opening visual... I mean, before you knew the movie was going to be nothing else, I think the opening visuals were nice enough. Like, the... Um, the, the look of like the, the soldiers shattering into glass and stuff like that. There's some, there's some neat ideas in this movie in terms of like, Oh yeah, we could design this to look cool. Like they pulled that off in some areas. Like that sure. looks cool. The, uh, even like the final battle, it is not, I wouldn't even say it's derivative because it's like, how else are you going to make a final battle with these days? You got to, you know, it's, it's a bunch of, it's an army charging against something else. But I, I, I was engaged in what was going on for a time separating myself from the fact that Kristen Stewart just gave supposedly a rousing speech to all these <laughs> men to, to siege on a castle that has to be in, like, the worst possible place to siege on. <laughs> like, I think it's only, like, two miles away. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're very... Well, no, they rode, they rode, they rode, they rode till morning. Did, did they ride at dawn? They, okay. they, rode, they rode, yeah, at, at, at nine, 9.30-ish. Oh. That's what they rode out. They got a late start. They got a late start. But, the like, on a, like, on a secluded, almost island-type area <laughs> where they rode out. Yeah. Um, but I mean, like the the look of like the siege, having catapults blasting against like armies on on horses of riding on the along the water, like that. There was some neat stuff there, and at least like I could stop focusing on how much I don't care about what's happening and just be like, oh, okay, this this is some cool action beat right here. But yeah, well, you know, again, I'm not knocking the visual effects, and I'm not, I'm not actually knocking like you know some of the cinematography is actually pretty good too. Um, it's just I can see where they focus a lot of the. Uh, some, and you and alluded to Game of Thrones. I, I haven't seen the show yet, uh, which is, I know, uh, very... Oh, it's HBO. You know, <laughs> movie, but, it's not TV. Uh, I, I did want to see, like... Or I did want to ask some people how they felt as though the differences were, and I guess you've answered that. So, yeah, I, I definitely have to give Game of Thrones a shot now. I mean, Game of Thrones is, by comparison to Snow White, what a Ferrari is to a jalopy. I mean, there's no... <laughs> there's yeah, there's not, hardly any comparison, huh? Yeah, I mean, they're both things that were filmed. <laughs> <laughs> and that's as far as the distinctions go. Yeah, this keeps sad coming, but true. This keeps coming to mind, but what's the name of the director of Rise of the Planet of the Apes? Uh, I'm trying. I'm this. Oh, there, there we go. Rupert White. Because I had two Ruperts in mind. It's like Rupert White and Rupert Sanders, and like both are like what, like kind of not first night, but Rupert White wasn't like a first time director when he did Rise of the Planet of the Apes. But this is that was his first like bigger feature, and he pulled that off. This means nothing just because they're did both, pretty well. They're both named Rupert. That's why this came to mind. Yeah. So it's like well, they both pulled. I'm also thinking of Stewie's buddy now too from Family. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Rupert. Um, yeah. Did we like Charlize Theron in the movie? Just because, like that's like, uh, that's like the highlight for me for the most part. Just because I like the idea of seeing her do crazy eyes as the evil queen. <laughs> <laughs> About that, you know, I, I did like her in the movie, but at the same time, you know, 
I had an audience that was pretty engaged, and so when she kind of went ape, everyone was just started laughing, um, and I I kind of laughed with them. So it was kind of just. It was kind of just really out of the blue when she starts yelling. It's not out of the blue. Her, her, her useless brother, who looks like um, Paul Bettany. He's an albino. He looks like Paul Bettany's albino character, but more rapey. Yes. Um, he... <laughs> way, way it's more... an awful haircut. Just way more rapey. Way more rapey than, than Paul Bettany is in The Da Vinci Code. But, um, you know, she, she, she he let Snow White escape because she broke a nail off and uh, used it on him. And then she got all angry, and that made sense to me. She, but and that's when she unleashed crazy eyes. Yeah, I'm not sure the notes they were giving her, but it seemed like everything was really big, like the <laughs> shouting and the. And uh, I think she's clearly a better actor than that. Uh, it was probably just the direction she was given. Like I, she was enjoyable. Like I didn't, she didn't ruin the movie. Like that wasn't the problem. Um, she was, you know, you wanted to watch her when she was on screen, but I didn't think the performance was anything that will go on her. Uh, you know, in memoriam reel or anything. So. For, for sure, yeah. Uh, and I'd like to think that she was just had a big, a big like cue card off screen that said "bigger." I think that that was probably her direction. <laughs> I could totally see that, and I could see her working with that. <laughs> and yeah, Chris Hemsworth. I mean, he didn't have. I, at least he had more of a character. Like Snow White is not a character in this movie. Like, what is what is she? Like, she's so blank. Like, there's no. She's like a stand-in. Like, there's it's, no it's, like for being a person locked in a castle for what. 15 years of her life or like in the t- in a tower for 15 years of her life there's you learn nothing about her like she has very little to say and she's just like oh at least i'm well she knows how to kindle sparks onto some you know stuff to make a fire yeah yeah she, she can build a fire that was it at, le- at least like hemsworth like he's like a widower and drunk all the time <laughs> like there was something to yeah. go off of there terrible fighting what what terrible at fighting not, not the best fighter but he seemed to get the job done when he need when he needed to and he's got a funny line can't you see him having a bath yeah. And he, you know, you, as we've established, he has a nice smile. You will help us, huntsman. Like, how did they find? Did they just go find the first guy in a bath? That's what like, I was curious like, about. That's what I was curious about. Too. Was there like a flyer? Or was there like in the, in the local newspaper? It was like, oh, the huntsman, <laughs> he, he got through the dark the dark forest. No, right. I guess she asked the mirror, right? With deleted scenes that were. She, oh. Deleted okay. scenes where she, where she just asked the mirror more things. My brother tells me you are a widower, a drunkard. And one of few who has ventured into the dark forest. Really? One of my prisoners has escaped there. Oh, and he's dead. She. She is certainly dead. Find her. Bring her to me. Oh, I've been to that forest. I'm not going back. You will be rewarded handsomely. What good is gold to me if I'm lying dead with the crows picking at my eyes? Why is she of such value? That is none of your concern. I'll determine what concerns me, thank you. You will do this for me, Huntsman! If I refuse. That's another thing. What's the, there's no logic in this world, like, in terms of the magic use. Like, I, I guess the, the queen at some point says that she her powers are useless in the dark forest, or dark woods, or whatever the hell it's called. So I guess that, that makes sense why she can't go there. But later on... She goes for the most, like, ridiculous plan of I'll disguise myself as a character, seduce Snow White, and then give her a poison apple that will, of course, only be, like, there's, it, it can, there's only one way to break the spell of this poison apple, but 
I could easily like stab her or take her heart like I'm trying to to begin with or do any number of things to her, but I'm just going to use this poison apple thing and like I know that's the Snow White story, but where's the logic and how this is supposed to play out? Like Yeah, but what what's not the Snow White story is that everyone needs to make out with her when she <laughs> like they clearly couldn't choose which necrophiliac was going to get it done. So they throw William at her, nothing happens. Then they throw the Huntsman. <laughs> He's getting it done. Yeah. yeah I think it's just a life lesson. Guys, if your loved one, you know, seems to be dead, just make out. Make out. Make out. That totally makes sense. I think yeah. that was the plot of Shadows of Colossus. I think that's how that, that game played out, too. <laughs> you fight a lot of monsters, but you also just make out with the, the girl the whole time when she's on her altar. Uh, critical. Uh, critical make-out sessions. <laughs> obscure video game references. Um, I don't, yeah, why didn't she do the crow thing before? Like, right? while the chick is running into the dark forest do the crow thing or, or you know, any other time. <laughs> right. Or why did she just create this giant army and just go and battle them in, you know, some other part of Fantasia? <laughs> She's at the lady village. Do the crow thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that lady village thing was kind of out of place too. Weren't they, weren't, weren't they, how'd they find, like, okay, here's another thing. Right when she escapes from the castle, uh, um, so like there's a few there's a few there's a few guards that know she's there. They're like because the brothers like screaming maniacally. He's like get her, stop her, and just like that. And um, so she like she escapes out the side hatch of the castle because that's how you escape castles. I think I think that's how she got out. And like all the other guards suddenly know exactly who Snow White is and are like, is there like a PA system? Did they all get a text? Like it's like they all they're all just suddenly after this random girl that's walking around the castle floor. They're all robots. They're all okay. They're all. I did want to bring up a point though. I think uh, during that chase sequence, I think that it, there's a huge buy-in right at that chase sequence. And if you buy in, then I think you're, you'll enjoy the movie. And if you don't buy in, then you don't enjoy the movie. And that's when she goes and follows these birds, and then there's something waiting for her. Oh, and my audience laughed a hell of a lot when that happened. Oh, when Aslan came out? When Shadowfax came out. Yeah, yeah Aslan, Shadowfax. Oh, the shot the horse. Okay. <laughs> it was a Treyu. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I thought of too. Especially when when she get dumped off the the horse. That's, but, that's uh, one of my callbacks for sure. Yeah, same. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's a huge buy-in because then you're like, oh yeah, it's a fantasy world. Yeah, I'll buy in. And otherwise, everyone in the audience was just like, what? There's like, but there's, there's I mean, there's fantasy worlds, and there's still allowing some acceptance of what's happening, and it's uh, yeah, there's. It's very thin. It's very very thin. Yes. I, I will say that yes, it's it, it is quite thin. Two, two more things. That troll that they encounter, that that never came back. I was hoping that would come back in some form. <laughs> a last-minute save with the troll or something. Or what? Yeah. I, but, I mean, obviously it had a bridge to monitor. That's why it came out of them, because it didn't pay the toll, right? <laughs> the, the, they didn't have three billy goats. It, yeah. That, that it totally just, makes you, sense. You, has, you have to pay the troll toll to get through the boys' hole. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what was the other thing? Oh, um, Huntsman comes back after Snow White awakens from her deep slumber, and he's kind of like there after the fact. Oh, oh, she's alive? The, oh, okay. Was... Yeah, no one is incredulous to why she is alive. It's like, oh, she's alive again. Good, good, good. <laughs> this is fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Great Mark news. this date down. Yeah, red letter date. <laughs> oh, and lastly, I was really hoping that uh, Snow White was going to use Willow's um, uh, hidden... Damn it! That's my other comment. Willow's um, little hidden pig trick. I thought she was going to use that to defeat the queen, but that didn't, <laughs> that didn't happen at all. Uh, final uh, thoughts on Snow White before we do a rating? No bueno. No. <laughs> yeah. All right. So each week we do try to do a rating where we try to establish when you should go and see this movie. So we have a range that goes from IMAX to theater, dollar theater, 
uh, Netflix, HBO, TV, or just kind of forget about it. So on that scale, uh, Laramie, where would you put Snow White and the Huntsman? Dollar Theater after 24 beers. There you go. Abe? Uh, a television. This is not really need to be on DVD either. You don't really want to waste money on this. I'll, I'll, I'll say HD Netflix. I'll say that. So it's okay. It's, there's, there's prettiness to this movie. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's do a little uh, movie callback. 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 And uh, we can discuss a few films that uh, kind of relate in some way to the main feature of the week that we might have thought of while watching it or after the fact. And I'll start, because I, I had a few. Obviously, uh, I, I just mentioned Willow. Willow came to mind. Yes. Um, and A NeverEnding Story, mainly because of the whole horse thing that happens. And, very much agreed. And Pan's Labyrinth was another film that came to mind, very simply. Just because the troll looks like the fawn? Well, that, well the, I mean, that, that helped. But just in terms of have, establishing a fantasy land and having characters in a story that I care about more. Yeah. And I was trying to think of the last kind of fantasy film that I really that really conveyed that to me quite quite successfully, and Pan's Labyrinth came to mind pretty quickly. Uh, Abe, uh, definitely. I, you know, we had mentioned Lord of the Rings, which is something that I guess Laramie we won't put that together in the same <laughs> sentence. Uh, but Lord of the Rings is like loads better. They explain the story. I, I know that they had like three hours to kill, and they have like three movies to do it with, but. The storyline is just so much more developed. Um, Tangled came to mind, too. And I was like, that's a better movie than this movie. I'd agree uh, with that. Yeah. You don't agree with that? I'd agree with No, I like Tangled. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Because I like Tangled is, yeah, especially the storyline, kind of similar. Um, I like the horse more. <laughs> you almost wish that he could fly. But uh, Neverending Story you mentioned. Uh, Willow you mentioned. Alice in Wonderland I thought of, which is, you know, you kind of, have that battle scene in Alice in Wonderland, and you kind of are with it. And they even call back to maybe some characters that you had seen earlier in the movie. Uh, I thought of Alice too because I dislike movies for the same reason. Both. <laughs> uh, Princess Mononoke, for obvious reasons. Oh yeah, Ken Ken brought that up when I was watching. My friend Ken. Yeah, and I was like, oh my god, this is totally stealing from Princess Mononoke. Even those little fairies. Um, and lastly, Batman Begins. Because it's almost as if when you're in the dark forest, the scarecrow is there giving you this weird toxic gas. <laughs> uh, Laramie? I would say two movies that are definitely better, but there's little a couple of parallels. Hannah would be one, um, simply because that is also an extended chase scene in a lot of ways. And as the um, fairy tale theme going through the whole movie. Yeah, um, and then I would say a movie that I like a lot better... Um, but has a couple of the same elements as Stardust. Uh, yeah. I really, I really like Stardust, but Stardust, you know, at its worst, is kind of you don't know where the plot's going. Um, but at but least I, it's I, fun and engaging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, at it least it's fun. Much, yeah, it executes on a much higher level. No doubt about it. Um, yeah, so maybe Apocalypto a little bit. I guess because the chase vibe. Yep, another one that just goes for an hour of chase and tries to make you care about things that you don't. Still has some effective kind of action sequences throughout that movie. That yeah, the action in Apocalypse is definitely stronger. I think I I actually you know they were I think they were going by that action beat every ten minutes. You know, especially for first time director, it seemed like he wanted to make sure that you know I have some peril happening. But everyone knows the story of Snow White, so unless you're going to kill her in the first act and really make some surprising choices, like we kind of know where this is going. So I'm not sure 
why he was trying to to create that tension when you knew it was inherently false. Yeah, dude. <laughs> it's like Jack and the Beanstalk. Will he get to the Beanstalk? Like I'm pretty sure he will. So, <laughs> what are we doing? I think here? that's why they've pushed back Jack and the Giant Killer. Yeah, it's like James and the Giant Peach with no peach. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Which is also a better movie than this movie. Yep, also better. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so that's our that's our two cents on Snow White and the Huntsman. <laughs> uh, let's uh, let's move on to our second film review, um, which uh, only Laramie and I have seen. Abe unfortunately was not able to catch Piranha Three Double D in time. I think I've I think you guys have saved me like two hours of my life. Well, it's significantly shorter than that. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> let's uh, let's play a little bit of the trailer for Piranha Three Double D. Let's party! In the world's wildest water park, the party has never been hotter. Tell me you did not replace our old lifeguards with strippers. Water certified strippers. And the guests have never been hungrier. Mommy, I got bit. It was a piranha. It was not a piranha. We think they're back. These piranha spent eons in underground lakes and rivers. So fish can become confused and try to enter man-made drainage systems. Is that you? Ow! I didn't. Whatever it is, I don't like it. This summer... Ladies and gentlemen, the most famous lifeguard of all time. Let's all get wet! Just when you thought it was safe. People are dying. Do something. To put your 3D glasses back on. First of all, I'm not a lifeguard. Never was. Secondly, that is what natural selection is all about. It's double the action. Something's wrong with me. What did you do to them? Double the terror. And double the D's. Bring me my legs. All right, so you should have just heard some of the trailer for Piranha 3 Double D, the sequel to the surprise 2010 hit, I would say, I would call it that, Piranha 3D. And this film is, once again, there are prehistoric mutated, I don't know what they are, just really deadly piranha causing a lot of trouble this time at a water park. Naturally the place to go for a sequel to Piranha 3D. And there's some kind of story and characters, I believe, but mainly random carnage ensues. So, yeah, with that in mind, Laramie, what did you think of Piranha 3 Double D? Amazingly, it was much, much worse than Snow White. For as much as we just (laughs) bagged on Snow White, Piranha 3 Double D feels like it was filmed in about 10 hours. Um and they're just like, okay, in this scene, we need a woman with breasts. Done. Got it. In the can. In this scene, we need a woman who's topless. Done. Got it. In the can. In this scene, we need some underwater stuff and some piranha vision. Good. Next. And they just did that, and it took a day, and they spent the rest of the money on cocaine. Because <laughs> this film has absolutely no plot. I mean, to the point where it almost feels like a 70s movie that was legit like it's all it's not even like schlock exploitation it's like legit bad 70s movie that they filmed 
with two cameras and a bunch of women they found at the strip club. Like, it's legit terrible. Done. Yeah, the... Um... Okay, curious question. You watched this VOD, correct? I did. Did you see it in 3D or just 2D? The chances of me putting 3D glasses on <laughs> in my own home are so slim <laughs> as to be non-existent. So I watched it in regular HD. Okay. my I, I did manage to enlist a few friends of mine because we were – my friends, we were fans of Prana 3D. And we're like, all right, let's do this. And so we, we actually – Rented it on the PlayStation Network in 3D. The first, this is, I believe, the first uh, theatrical release of a film also on VOD in 3D. And so that happened. And, um, yeah, I'm going to just echo all the sentiments that Larry just said. It's a terrible, terrible movie. And it makes me appreciate what Piranha 3D did very well, which made itself very entertaining in a lot of somewhat clever ways and somewhat kind of... Uh, I mean, it, it's certainly a gratuitous movie, the first Piranha film, or the, the remake of Piranha. Um, but it did so while having fun with it, and it was self-aware to an extent, and it had, like, a cast that seemed to know what kind of movie they are in. This movie does everything wrong. This movie, every everything that it could have done based off the goodwill that I thought would be, you know, that would have come from Piranha 3. Like, Piranha 3D has a surprising, like, 73% of Rotten Tomatoes and, like, made, like, a good chunk of money worldwide when it came out. So you'd think that there was some kind of, like, some kind of clout it could basically, like, have, like, with it, like, coming. It's like, oh, we're making a sequel to this. We could probably do something that's maybe decent. But, no, that that didn't happen. And, like, it came from the the creators of the the, the Feast uh, horror series. And that that's a horror series that's kind of, it has a very kind of tongue-in-cheek kind of edge. Like, there's a... A certain self-awareness like it's a fun there's like that i've seen the first one i know there's like three of them now and the first one like it was a fun movie it was a fun kind of enjoyable horror movie and so i was like all right well those guys are doing it maybe this will kind of work out no it didn't work out at all it just feels really cheap and bad and like all the obvious jokes are made and it it's a movie that makes it makes tits boring that's what this movie does <laughs> <laughs> that's impossible there's definitely a little bit where it's like they've never seen a girl. Like, it's made by a 10-year-old boy. They're like, look at these. Now look at these. And you're like, okay, man, I get it. Like, I enjoy a lady's body as much as the next guy. But, but seriously, look at these. Here's some frat boy yeah. music. <laughs> Here's a question. Does this does this all take place at the water park? Um, unfortunately, no. It does not take place. Oh, okay. Because I was like, wow, they really did film just like 10 hours at the water park. No, it, it, it manages to incorporate plenty of other... Okay, so the movie literally begins with... Um, I think it begins. It begins with uh, Gary Busey. <laughs> Him and like some of his friends. I assume they're just filming them and they just happen to insert piranha footage later. But it's very... Sam and some friends are like wandering through a lake and they find like a dead cow. And the cow farts out piranhas... Oh my God. And so Gary Busey like lights a lighter next to the dead cow and like it sets a flame and releases all the piranha eggs that were inside this dead cow. And that's where the piranhas come from. That's, that's he's fired from men in black. That's the, <laughs> that's the quality of, yeah, now he'll never be a men in black agent. Yeah. That that's the quality that we're set up with. And then we proceed to go through, I mean, besides the, the, uh, the water park stuff, we get to, explore um let's see with christopher lloyd doctor exposition of the piranhas coming back and like the of uh, the lake that they are coming from like there's all this unnecessary like it's just oh there's just not this it's just boring it's just boring to watch and like it's, it's trying to be when it's trying to be funny it's terrible it, david hasselhoff jumps in for some reason and he's terrible like, he's in the lot like they hit the hasselhoff note really hard yeah 
<laughs> they're like, hey, this is David Hasselhoff. That's pretty funny, isn't it? And you're like, okay. And then they do that for like half an hour. Yeah, it's like uh, it's, it's like it's like they wanted him to come in for a cameo, and he's like, you know, guys, I can hang out for a while if you want. Yeah, to. I'm really here for the like, whole shooting time. I'm, I'm not doing anything right now. <laughs> Did they make him take off his shirt? Oh God, yes they. Did. Uh, <laughs> they made him run. They made him run in slow motion to the Baywatch theme. That's retarded. <laughs> Here's the other question that I had, and I brought this up when we first talked about the trailer. Do they ever go into why the piranhas can go into chlorinated water? <laughs> yeah, but it's the most ridiculous reason you've ever heard. Okay. Like it's, it's like, well, now that chlorine only helps them, you know, it's like, what? It makes them stronger. <laughs> yeah, that, that is literally how it's handed, too, like, in the script. Uh, it's like, well, how isn't the chlorine going to hurt them? No, it makes them stronger. Next. Done. <laughs> the, uh, the movie's runtime is about 83 minutes. The, uh, the movie actually ends about 70 minutes in. And then what follows is about 13 minutes worth of credits that are interspersed of bloopers of all of them having a good time. It, it, yeah. It's awful. <laughs> my, my friend commented, even the credits are terrible. That was, that was his reaction to watching this movie. You sort of have to hand it to him at how bad it is. Uh, I guess. <laughs> like, I feel given... The same resources. The three of us could bang out a real piranha film in a weekend. Oh man, that sounds like a challenge. Uh, I mean, I'm not calling it. I wouldn't no, say it would yeah, be good. It, it wouldn't be a good piranha film. Don't get me oh, wrong. Oh yeah, wouldn't of course be as, not. It'd... It wouldn't be as good as the 2010 version, but it would be at least as good as this. That's how bad this is. It doesn't even like try to like be. That's anything. exactly it. Like it, it just doesn't even it just try. Feels like in the first piranha film, like. There was a lot of like decent like carnage going on, like in terms of the piranha attack that ensues late in the like in the final act of the film when just everyone's getting like when it's just piranha chaos. This film, when you get to that sequence of like, okay, now the piranhas are gonna like just wreak havoc on the water park, it doesn't even deliver that very well. Like it just it just feels really cheap. It just like it there's there's not a lot going on that's like, oh, that was a cool kill or something. Like it just the gore is really lame and it like wimps out on being bigger and better than the first like and that's something sequels you know generally try to do like they try to be you know bigger and better than the first one and i like i'm not are are you aware if the if this film has a bigger budget than the first or the the, the, the i i would think it would have a smaller one i don't know for sure um i'd say that now this, just because of like the limited theatrical release and vod stuff i yes this makes the first one look like jaws i it's, mean like it's it's that legit <laughs> god awful yeah the first one had a budget of 24 million I would be shocked if this had that high a budget unless it was a total tax write-off because, again, none of the action was even blocked correctly. Like, it didn't look real. It looked super fake. And so I would be shocked if this cost them more than $15 million. Is there is there one saving grace that you guys could say about this movie? Um, like, let's see. Like, one yeah. thing you actually really liked or one thing like, okay, well, yeah, a bunch of stoners are going to love this movie. If you are a 10-year-old boy and you have not learned how to use the internet effectively, or your parents are keeping you away from it, and you want to see what a woman's breasts look like, this is your film. Like, you're going to see all kinds of breasts in different positions, doing different stuff, different sizes. Things bounce yeah. off them. Like, Yeah, so, I mean, I guess that would be... That I would feel be like... Plus. I will, I'll, I'll just... You know what? I might. I, I think I'm going to late to describe a certain scene later on when when, Le, when Leah comes on. But I did write one note for a quote that I needed to use in my review, so I'm just going to pull that up on my phone right now. Here we go. So I didn't forget it because it's the exact line reading. 
Uh, Josh cut off his penis because something came out of my vagina. That's a, that's an actual line in the film. That that might have been the one thing that I was like, all right, that's kind of funny. That's so bad. <laughs> Who writes this? Who greenlights this? Isn't I'll like an editor? be there. I'll be there. I, I'm very I'm I, I'm excited now that I've managed to bring Laramie singing skills from Brad and Laramie on movies over to this podcast. That that's yes. that's made me happy right there. Um, let's see, Ving Rhames and Paul Shear in this movie. For some, yeah, Paul Shear was slumming it. You kind of was, and because I listen to how do you do you listen to How Did This Get Made? His podcast that he has. Yeah, I like Paul Shear. Yeah, like, I think he's, yeah, he's funny. And he was talking a lot about like how he uh, he was really he 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 and Ving Rhames were like on the set for like a day and like filmed six hours together, just for whatever reason. They're just like, oh, they called us up and brought us in, and yeah, their scenes. It's just because they're both in the previous film. And Ving Rhames, who many people would thought had died in the previous film, actually just lost his legs. And so they're both like apparently from a piranha rehabilitation. They're from like they're they've gone to like therapy to get over their piranha, the horrendous piranha attacks from a year ago. And so they're back and they're like they, of course, go to the water park on opening day to like try to face their fears of going in the water. But of, of course, none of this works out for them. And so Ving Rhames has titanium legs to, it, that help assist him in like trying to battle the piranha. And it's just like this weird, like, like they all like they were really high. They were watching Planet Terror the previous night. They're like, you know what we can do? We can bring bring, bring Rames back and have like him shoot Piranha with fake legs, like, and like Paul Shear can just make jokes in the background. And God, it's just, uh, nothing's like none of it's none, nothing's entertaining about this. It's just like God, this is bad. It's just well, it's not even like uh, tangentially connected. Either. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, like there's no. They just start a scene that's going on in the movie. Yeah. Like that has nothing to do with the previous. Like there's one guy who attempts to copulate with a water jet. Yeah. Like that's his contribution to this film. He is trying to have sex with a water jet, and then he gets a piranha stuck in his butt. It just and that's his whole role. Yeah. Like that's uh, his whole time on screen. It's very strange. It's okay like, uh, on a level of one to ten of face slapping, like ten being the hardest face slap. How would you guys slap your own faces while watching this movie? Well, I would go Mike Tyson punch out. Oh damn! <laughs> like as much, and I was trying to have fun with my friends watching this, but it became a chore after a while. So I'd really need to slap myself pretty hard to just stay awake during the movie. Oh, if I, if I were trying to watch I, it again. I, I would say you'd have to start at $100 to get me to watch it again. And I still would probably try and negotiate. All right, I'm never going to watch this movie then. Like, here's what I'll do for you. I will send you the $10 to watch it, to order it on VOD. I'd probably probably just go use that to go buy, like, Sour Price Kids. That's that's a much better investment. (laughs) You can make sour faces like all the characters in Snow Anything that gives you one second of enjoyment is a better investment. <laughs> uh, so it's just a mess. Yeah, I can't wait to hear what Leah thinks of it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm going yeah. <laughs> to tune in for that because I know the girl, she loves it. The girls we watched it with, I think, liked it even less than us. Like, because the guys at least were like, well, those are breasts. You know, I can objectively say <laughs> that is a breast. And now I've enhanced my, you know, knowledge, knowledge. of breasts. Yeah. yeah. I can put that into the memory bank. And now I've seen those breasts. Whereas the women were just like, what in the hell? <laughs> <laughs> we're all the penises, guys. <laughs> all right. Uh, I think we've 
I'm just going to talk about this more later. So let's just wrap up our piranha discussion as of now. I, I think we can probably safely say that this is a, a clear forget about it type movie. Am I right in that? In the... Forget about it. Okay. Um, any movies you thought, little movie callback? Callback. Call well, the first Piranha, yeah, the first Piranha is worth seeing. I enjoyed the first Piranha. I saw that in theaters in 3D, and I thought that was for what it was, pretty darn good. Yeah, I, I, I was, I was surprised at how much I was enjoying that movie, and yeah, it, it worked, it worked on a on the level it was going for. And like, even like Snakes on a Plane is a movie that I like. I that was enjoyable. That's yeah. that's it's a, it's in that same realm of like so ridiculous, but hey, at least I had some kind of fun watching this as opposed to Piranha Three Double D. All right, let's uh. Let's get let's get into the box office for this week. Um, we, each week we try to go over the box office and make some predictions what what we think's gonna gonna happen in the old uh, the old movieplexes in terms of audience numbers. So uh, movieplex. I know, yeah, those, those are the yeah. words I used. Abe, uh, do you recall the the movie the the um, prediction you made last week for Snow White? Uh, I said first, and did I say fifty? You said fifty million. Okay. I said uh, first with forty seven. I went the lowest. Uh, Maxwell went fifty nine million. Jose went a little higher with seventy million. And uh, Mark Hoban went $55 million. Um, Laramie, do you want to go over the box office? Yeah, I actually, I think I had it at like 38 which was way too low. I had it first as well, but I didn't think it would have much crossover appeal to the uh, Twy Mom and Twy Hard, but it looks like it did pretty decently. Only, you know, a B cinema score, so I don't think people are loving it. I don't think it'll hold over very well, but they opened well, at least. Yeah, they opened with uh, fifty-six million. So Mark Mark Hoban pretty much nailed oh, it wow. last week. He got fifty-five. So yeah, that's nailed it. He did pretty good. Yeah, that uh, was a little bit surprised. I thought it was tracking lower. Like uh, yeah, Laramie. I think yeah, thirty-eight. I think that was kind of what the expected grosses were by the end of the. I think people just wanted to see something, right? Yeah, because because it's the only major release true. that came out this week. And, yeah, you know, everyone's yeah. seen Avengers twice, and everyone's seen Men in Black maybe once. So they're well, like. <laughs> And they probably were pretty clever in that it is more of a date night or female <clears throat> demo film. Excuse me. Oh, I'm choking it up. Brannis. It is more of a female film. So demo wise, at least that's what I heard when I bashed it on Twitter. It's like, it's for women, jerk. So. And uh, I mean, I think the marketing was very good for the movie. Like, I mean, I, in terms of selling off the this this take on Snow White, it did a better job than Mirror Mirror did. That's for sure. Like, I didn't. I, I didn't want to see Mirror Mirror based on the marketing for that movie, but Snow White had me more intrigued by it just because the visuals that did look, I mean, beyond the actual, our thoughts on the movie, I think it did have an appealing kind of look to the film. So, I mean, it seemed to pay, paid off for, for this weekend, at least. We'll see how the holdovers go for next weekends. And uh, I'm, I predict a nice big bleed next week. Yeah. I'd say like 54, 55, somewhere in there, because yeah. word will spread that a B cinema score is akin to a critic's D. I mean... It's like, eh, okay. And when people say, well, should I see this? You go, eh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And especially when you have, I mean, you have, I mean, even, I know Prometheus will make money, but Madagascar is going to like kill it next weekend too, which is almost annoying to me. But um, I don't know. I think Prometheus could be a little uh, shocker. You think? Okay, well, we'll get into that when we do predictions then. But um, other things box office related. Men in Black, uh, $29 million. Not a bad drop. Less than 50%. Which is that's that's pretty good, I think, for a for a sci fi comedy like that. Generally, those movies kind of you know drop pretty quickly. You know what its uh, its totals are? Uh, right now, it's to for uh, domestically, it's one hundred and twelve, and worldwide, it's like three hundred thirty, something like that. It's, oh wow! If not higher, uh, and Scott Mendelson keeps uh, tweeting this out too. Like he he's saying it's it's definitely not a flop, so people need to stop saying that. 
I, I, the thing I'd say to Scott Mendelson, 225 production budget. That's a heap. Yeah. That, that means it needs to clear about five something theatrically. It's not going to get there domestic. I think where they're clearly making their hay is international. The, the foreign dollar is rolling in for them. So, I mean, it's not a flop, but it's not a win either. For it's, not, it's not a huge win. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, I mean it, it'll probably, it'll probably get there though. If the, if the could for 500 worldwide, I think it could probably make it there. Yeah, it seems like okay for that. But, I mean, you look at uh, – I'd say Snow White's in more trouble than Men in Black unless they do some nice international dollars, which, again, they're set up to do. But they spent 170 making Snow White. And yeah. if you look at that 56 number and extrapolate that out, you're looking at about 170 domestic tops. You know, summer's really competitive, too. It could be lower than that. So they need to come up with another $300 million internationally then, and I don't know. That's going to be a tough sell. Yeah. Well, that and, you know, Battleship's already flopped for them. Battleship was definitely. Uh, yeah. And the one, thing, the one thing I will pride Universal on, despite overspending on the, those two movies, is that neither of them are in 3D, which kind of is shocking to me that that didn't happen. Hat tip. Yeah. That is shocking. That, that it's, it's kind of... Because Snow and the Huntsman kind of had some... Some scenes where you're thinking, yeah. So, the, so why it seems like a movie that they could have. That's like the big suits could have easily walked in. They're like, you know what, Rupert? Let's convert this bitch. Let's do this. Yeah, it's I, true. I do have to give him credit for that. You are you are correct. And I'm pretty sure that's how they talk to directors. They just say, let's convert this bitch. Let's do it. That's how, <laughs> I have no doubts that that's how they. Do that's it. how they approach these things. They all talk like Christopher Walken in the more cowbell scene. I think, <laughs> Rupert, you're gonna have gold diapers wearing. Guys. <laughs> So I says to Rupert, 3D is the future. <laughs> all right. And uh, what else? Uh, Avengers is still making money, of course. And it's, it's number three of all time domestically. And That's uh, a yeah. you see uh, Prometheus in the UK beat Snow White head to head. Huh. Didn't, no, didn't see that. And made 30 million overseas this is, weekend. Was that it's was this Prometheus's first weekend overseas or second? First is his first weekend. So they both came out at the same time overseas. <laughs> Not everywhere, though. I think Prometheus just opened like the UK and Australia or something. Yeah, yeah, because only like UK reviews were coming in. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right, yeah. And yeah, Battleship's still not making much. Like, I like how the first three movies, like 56, 29, then 20 million. Then everything else is 4 million, 4 million and under. So, like, Battleship, Dictator. Yeah. You, me, and a Handycam could have taken fourth this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. That's, that's, that's my favorite sequel title for You, Me, and Dupree. You, Me, and a Handycam. I like that. <laughs> All right, so let's uh, let's uh, move on to um, to a game. Let's play a game. Um, we did the uh, the ABCs of movies last week. I, I like that game. That was that was kind of fun. Well, we should we try that again. But this okay. So Laramie, if you're not familiar, the ABCs of movies basically we each take a turn going through the ABCs and name a movie that corresponds to the letter. So you know A for Alien and so on, and we just kind of progress. And if you can't think of one, you're out. Does that make sense? I don't want to be out, but yeah. Okay. And the word the. Yeah, is not and the same. counts, so you can't use movies that have the in the title unless it's, you know, T. Okay. All right. So, I will start. A, Aliens. Who goes second? Sorry, Abe. Yeah. We go, we, we go alphabetical. <laughs> I'm sorry. Abe. Are we going alphabetical? Go alphabetical. Battleship. Uh, C, Cars. Um, Adventures in Babysitting. Uh, e. Uh, Why did I say A? I'm retarded. After. Hold on. I'm, I sped up completely. Why did I say A? I'm out. <laughs> oh. Yes, yeah. I went to A for some reason. Okay. I don't know is that, but yes, kudos to you for being a good Samaritan. You're on D. <laughs> I'm on D now. Um. Doctor Strangelove. 
E. Eel. <laughs> Is Eel a movie? It's got to be. <laughs> <laughs> Kind of doubting that one. <laughs> they probably already made one. It's like from eel, 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 eel. <laughs> well, there's eel girl and uh, the eel. No, there, there's the eel and eel. Yeah. Okay. Let's start that game over since I did it completely too. <laughs> hey. Round two. Here we go. <laughs> um, ants. Um, Batman Begins. Cars two. <laughs> Uh, Dark Man. E. Uh, Ever After. F. Why can't I think of anything? <laughs> this is so hard. I didn't think it would be this hard. Uh, F for Finnegan's Wake. Wow, there's a call. Um, Ghost Dad. H. <laughs> uh... Ghost Dad of Bill Cosby. Just to, to <laughs> clear it up for everybody that was concerned which Ghost Dad I was thinking of. Uh, H, man. Uh, Harry and the Hendersons. I I know what you did last summer. Ah. J for Jarhead. K-Pax. <laughs> L for Love Actually. Menace to society. Um, Night of the Living Dead. O for the Omen. The Omen? Well, the article doesn't count, right? Isn't that what uh, the... Yeah. We'll, we'll give it to you this time. Uh-oh. <laughs> o piano. <laughs> Q for... Did they ever make a uh, Quantum Leap movie? There's a Quantum movie that you could think of. Quantum of Solace. <laughs> R for Reindeer Games. S for Stigmata. Why did that come to mind? <laughs> T for The Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> U for Unforgiven. V for Vendetta. W uh, for think about. Can't think of a W. All right, you're out. You said it. All right. Yeah. So do I do W or X? W. You do W. W for. <sighs> Wild Why? hogs. Damn. <laughs> Wild hogs. <laughs> Damn it. I'm out too. All right. I didn't get it. Okay. Once again, we you... ended X for some reason the same week as last week. <laughs> All right, so I thought of Wild Wild West, by the way. Um, oh, yeah. And Willy Wonka. All right, so, um, yeah. And we member the Titans. <laughs> Starring Tweety Bird. And uh, that's how we play games. All right. I forgot to start that at the That was, yeah, that was different this week. <laughs> I know, I forgot I forgot to do it. <laughs> let's, uh, let's move on. Let's get to what we're going to talk about next week, and it is Prometheus. The um, of course the hotly anticipated Ridley Scott sci-fi return, which stars many people, including Charlie Theron, Michael Fassbender, Idris Elba, Michael Fassbender's penis, Guy Pearce, uh, many others, and uh, yeah, 
Thanks. I'm just trying to be very excited for this movie still. And um, I know many people have seen it, <laughs> many already that are trying to ruin the experience for me. But with all that said, what do we think Prometheus is going to do next weekend? Uh, Laramie? I'm going to go with a nice, strong 67. 67. That is strong. What do you think? Madag- How do you think Madagascar is going to do? Just out of curiosity. 58. All right. <laughs> both open the same weekend, yeah? Yeah, they both open. Oof, that's tough. What are you thinking, Abe? Eight. Oh. Um, I'm gonna go with. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Madagascar first. Um, switching it up. Uh, and I'm gonna go with. Fifty-eight sounds pretty good. I'll go fifty-five for Madagascar first. Well, we're predicting Prometheus, Abe. Oh, for Prometheus, yeah. I do. <laughs> I'd, I'd say forty-eight. You say forty-eight? Yeah. All right. I'm gonna. Jeez, that's. That is tough, too. God. Damn you, Madagascar. Well, it's the R-rated crowd mixed with, well, Ridley Scott sells to... But I, I think that they've got, you know, a pretty strong campaign going. Yeah. I'm still going to say second, but it'll probably be a strong second, so I'm going to say 55. Okay. It's be a big weekend, I guess. <laughs> so, we'll, uh, we'll see how that goes. All right, so yeah, okay, we'll, we'll see how that turns out next week. Okay, so that's going to do it this week for Out Now with Aaron and Abe. You can find more of my work on my personal blog, thecodeazeek.com. You can find all my written reviews as well as at whysoblue.com for my written reviews there as well for movies and Blu-rays. And you can also find me at twitter.com slash aaronsps3. Abe? Uh, you can find more fun stuff at walrusmoose.blackspy.com, two animals, walrusmoose.blackspy.com, and twitter.com slash walrusmoose. And Laramie? Uh, film.com, ropeofsilicon.com, Twitter, L-A-R-E-M-Y, and on iTunes, Brad and Laramie on Movies. Awesome. Um, of course, you can always find all of our other episodes on iTunes, also at hhwlod.com, where our show is there, along with a host of other awesome shows about comics and games and fun stuff with some cool guys that we like being a part of. And, uh, yeah, you can find most of the new episodes at outnow.podomatic.com and some exclusives. You can also email us at outnowpodcast at gmail.com and uh, credit Laramie and I for sticking with it and watching all of Piranha 3 D and, you know, giving Abe well wishes for not having to suffer through it. And, of course, you can follow our pages, facebook.com slash outnowpodcast and twitter.com slash outnow underscore podcast, where we are constantly updating all the latest episodes and whatever other news and posting, you know, you know, you can ask us questions on there and stuff because that was kind of fun to do this week. And uh, yeah, next week we have uh, Prometheus, so we'll see how that goes. And uh, Laramie, thanks for coming on today. Thanks, Laramie. Hey, thanks so much for having me, gentlemen. Yeah, for sure. And uh, yeah, stay tuned to everyone else that wants to for Lee and I and Abe to go over more of Piranha 3 Double D's wonderful assets or whatever you want to call them. But uh, until next time for now, so long. And goodbye. Touch another taste of heaven.
So we are now back again, and jo- joining us now for this special extended part of the episode where we talk more about Piranha 3 D with full spoilers, because I'm sure anyone listening this far has probably just watched the movie over and over again and wants to hear what we thought about the craziness of Piranha 3 D. We now have uh, Leah Ducey. Yay! And Jordan Grout. Hello, that was seamless. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. Um... All right, so we already talked a bit about Piranha 3 Double D, Abe, with uh, Laramie, but now let's we're going to hear some more opinions about the movie. So let's get some overall thoughts before we just kind of get into a <laughs> to whatever else we need to say about Piranha 3 Double D. So, Leah, Leah, what did you think of Piranha 3 Double I, I, I have tears for days and in the worst way possible. Let me preface this by saying that you were really excited for this. I was as so... So excited about this movie, you guys. I Not only have I mentioned it on every podcast that I've been on with you guys, um, I've mentioned it other places, too, like my Twitter. But, I don't know, I, I was so looking forward to it because they had such a bigger budget for this, and Piranha 3D was so great. Like, it was, it was so unexpected and fantastic, and I literally saw it three times in theaters just because I loved it, but... I don't know, this fell short on just so many different things, and it was, like, <laughs> painful to watch. So painful. Ugh. I, I epic disappointment on my end. Jordan, what did you yes. think? <laughs> okay, this is the movie that I feel people thought Piranha was going to be. That's what I was saying, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it, absolutely. Like it, th- there's no, like, weirdness to it that the first one had. Um, and, like, none of the charm. Like, the first one was just so like out there but like it was so charming at, at the same time you're like oh wow i'm really with this film it's it's out of its mind adam scott's here for some reason yeah adam <laughs> scott, Bing Rames, elizabeth shoe and they, they have some piss poor replacements for those characters in this film um except for you know Bing Rames shows up for like five minutes which is kind of funny with him like getting back into the water like he has, like, newfound fear of water. And I thought that was hilarious um, with Paul Shear. That I did laugh at. 
but the rest of it, like, once it gets to the climax, I, I thought, oh, oh, this is it. The, the movie's almost over. I, I feel really bad for paying seven bucks for this. And that's where it failed, yeah. like, the hardest, because, like, the, the climax is where we're like, well, at least we'll get to see, like, just crazy carnage, but you didn't get no. that compared to the no. first movie, where it just went no. crazy with, like, the violence and everything that happened. This one, like, as I was saying before, it just feels cheap. It just feels like really just a cheap movie. I feel like Piranha 3D knew exactly what it was, and that's what made it so great. Like, the the jokes were spot on, and, like, it it was... It was laugh-out-loud humor. Like, I was dying in the theater. It was so great. But I don't know if it's because... Well, okay, so Jordan, you obviously, too, watched it over, like, iTunes or whatever. Yeah. And paid $7 to rent it, right? Yep. So did did you, Aaron, and Abe see it in theaters? I saw... No, I Abe hadn't seen it, and I... Uh, I, I didn't watch it. I wanted to save my brain cells. I, uh, I, I went to... I, uh, I rented it online on my PlayStation. I rented it on PlayStation, but I had a couple friends over to watch it with me. Okay, so did that did that help? No, we we tried to make it help, but it didn't. Did you play a drinking game? We we might have we might have we should have. You should have. I I feel like that would be the only way to make that movie tolerable is to make up a drinking game of some sort just to to get through it. Like, I don't know if it's so. It is showing in theaters, correct? A it's couple. It's showing in like yeah. Five. It, it, they, yeah, is it showing in 3D in theaters? Yeah, I'd assume oh, yeah. so, yeah. yeah. Okay, so what I was wondering is maybe, just maybe, part of it was because I was watching it in HD and not 3D. I, I, but, re- I really doubt that. We watched, we watched it in 3D. We rented it in 3D at home and watched it on a 3D TV. It didn't... didn't oh, you did? Yep. That, okay. that, that, that's, not, that. that's not something that helped. It just made it you know darker. <laughs> so. Oh, Oh, and the first one had um, Richard Dreyfuss in the opening scene. What does this film have? Like, Gary Buse? <laughs> Come on. Yep. <laughs> Come on. That, that can sum, that, I mean, that sums up the entire thing right there. It, it's yeah. Just, oh, and the whole first act where you're following what, um, uh, Panabaker around, like, she's like, oh, the, my God, the what's going on here? <laughs> I know what's going on here. Give me the piranhas. Who cares? At least in the first one. You know, there was buildup and stuff was happening and nothing happened. Yeah, Christopher Lloyd was the only redeeming factor. <laughs> I I really appreciated that. But aside from that, like... But even he wasn't as over the top as he was in the first one. He was pretty yeah. Christopher Lloyd in this movie. I don't know. Was... Not not as much. I mean, there, there wasn't, like, the brilliance of, like, the six million years line. And... Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. That's my Christopher Lloyd. I can't I can't speak as oh. it, but I'll just yeah, just, just make the noise. Oh. <laughs> I think you might find this interesting. Okay, this is galvanized steel. Like ordinary household plumbing. There we go. Hey. Oh, no, 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 not the frog. Ah. Sorry, I sold out at puppies this morning. Jordan and Leah, what I asked uh, Laramie and Aaron Aaron as well, how hard on a scale of 1 to 10 would you face palm yourself after watching this movie? 10 being the hardest, 1 being like, you know, a light little tap, like, ah, funny, but it's doable. I'd say 12. (laughs) I'd say... A solid 12. I'd say about a 7 or 8, just because I like the stuff with Ving Rhames, and I like Christopher Lloyd, and that kind of 
redeem the film a bit. Not much. You wouldn't hit yourself as hard. No. <laughs> you know what? You know what was really great, though? I think uh, my favorite moment was when I, for a half a second, thought that Shelby was Kesha. I, <laughs> I like, I freaked out. And then I realized it wasn't her, and I was like, well, okay. Because as you may or may not know, uh, as you may or may not know, she is my spirit animal. So (laughs) just throwing it out there, it would have made the movie so much better. Especially with her fantastic line of, what did she say? Jake had to cut off his penis because there was a piranha in my vagina yep that was yeah. that's the literally i wrote that in my phone so i would not forget that line that's... i I can't, I can't with that i can't even let's let's talk about that whole scene that whole sequence of events since that seems to be the centerpiece of the like the only uh, the only effectively it, terrible like yeah the, so yeah. they're at so at one point you have two characters they go skinny dipping in the lake because why not and um so, a piranha swims inside of the character Shelby and the ex. And she doesn't notice. She, she notices something happens and she feels bad about it. But, you <laughs> know, get, me. get away from me. Yeah, yeah she, she yeah. assumes that it's her boyfriend playing some games with his penis. <laughs> <laughs> Typical piranha. Typical no. piranha. So then, Typical. Later, so then later on, she like throws up because she's having like bad like feelings inside of her. You know, as you do. The classic case of piranha rape. Yeah. And, and and then like uh, and then and then she nearly you know she nearly drowns and gets eaten by piranhas <clears throat> later on. So she's like back in back at home in her place and her boyfriend's there and she's like you know what you need to have sex with me because that's gonna make me make, better. Make love to me. Jake. Make love to me. And, <laughs> I don't want to die a virgin. And, and so what proceeds to happen is they get they get into it and of course right then is when the piranha goes. Through the transference properties, the product <laughs> goes out one hole and onto the appendage of another, and so Jake at this point, you know, he's like, "What's happening?" He's running all over the place. He has a piranha on his dick, and he takes like the sharpest knife available to him, and holds it up, and then just just goes right down on himself. Yeah. I could have said that better, but I'm not going to. And yeah. um, then you yeah, see, yeah, it makes it sound. Uh... Yeah. so then then we then we see then okay so then shelby wakes up and she's like she's like she's done more vomiting and she's like what happened jake this isn't funny Ah, she's walking around she like sees just a tip on the floor and then she sees a piranha and then like jake comes up behind her he's like what did you do to me and yeah then we get to that spectacular line at the hospital all of that happened yep (laughs) that sounds awful it's like uh, i'm so glad i didn't see this movie credits (laughs) (laughs) it would have been great what, what jordan what jordan if if um what, what's the director's first name alexander aja aha yeah, alexander aja from the first yeah. film if he would have done that it would have been brilliant it's weird that it would have to have more heart in it involved oh. in this movie than than the director's yeah. of beast well yeah. and they tried to do the fantastic you know d d beheading beheading oh my god yeah. and they so it up. Yeah. Uh, it was horrible. Here comes another spoiler. So David Keckner's character, <laughs> at one point he, he's trying to get away from the madness that's happening. So he he gets all the money that he made, 
And then he drives off in a golf cart, which goes, what, like 10 miles an hour at most. <laughs> And so he drives very slowly towards like an extended like like flyer line flag flag line thing, yeah. and somehow it sinks perfectly through his body and decapitates him. I don't know how this happens at the speed he was going, but it does. <laughs> Piranha three. Wasn't well, Eli Roth the one that was deca- uh, decapitated last time? The first movie, yeah, he got something. Yeah, bad. Got yeah, a, a power line or something yeah, like that. Something that made more sense. The power yeah. line was the girl that got chopped in half, which was my favorite kill. Oh, yeah, <laughs> And yeah. everyone's, I imagine. I think my favorite kill was Kelly Brook in the first movie, where, like... Oh, really? It gets, like, her hair and, like, scalps her, and then, like... The yeah. <laughs> that was a good one. Well, see, that's the thing, is that even the piranhas in this movie, I was just like, really, guys? Really? Like, I don't think we saw many of them on land or, like... You know, I, I feel like they were all animated last time, and I was totally okay with that. Because this yeah. time around, they were just, the, even the animatronics were just so exaggerated and dumb. Just cheap looking, it just didn't. It, it was, the whole thing. Ugh. And I, I forgot to mention this too. There's a lot of repeated shots, like, of underwater scenes. Like, there's just, like, keep, oh, definitely. keep showing, like, the same ominous shot of, like, you know, some dirt, some, like, plants and stuff underwater, so it's like, whoa, what's happening? Like, it probably they, happened, like, six times. Yeah, they showed the same, like, footage again and again and again just to emphasize the fact that there is something underwater. <laughs> There's something <laughs> on you. in the water. Did you say that this had a bigger budget than the first one? Um, I, Laramie and I tried to figure this out if, if it did or not, and we're not exactly sure. I can't imagine I can't it having it. Unless, I, like, unless, I know it was filmed in 3D, because that mattered. So that might, if anything, that added on to the budget, but I can't imagine the actual production of making that yeah. movie cost I, more than... No way. Yeah. Do we have anything to say about David Hasselhoff? I was just about to mention him. I liked him more oh. in SpongeBob SquarePants, the movie. <laughs> that's, that's I did, too. The whole time. Yep. Yep. He was way, I had way more fun with him being self-aware of himself in... In SpongeBob, SpongeBob SquarePants, the movie, than I did in Piranha, where he's just like, this creepy old man is hanging around on the set still. Like, what's happening? And then all that stuff at the end with that TV show opening. Yeah, the less I could see of David Hasselhoff just like dancing around in blooper scenes, the better. But that, no. Was... Uh, that was painful. I didn't even watch it. it was, I, had, well, I had this. The end credits run for like 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah. It's, there's so much. Yep. Of it. Yep, I once they once they like showed David Hasselhoff and they were like, David Hasselhoff across the screen. I was like, nope, I'm done. I'm out. <laughs> and they even do um, a gag on his um, drunk cheeseburger hotel room video, and that's horrible. Ugh. Tears for days, you guys. Tears for days. <laughs> so pretty much, if you want to watch Piranha Three Double D, just go watch. The SpongeBob SquarePants movie. <laughs> yeah, and save yourself some time. It's more exciting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, there's nothing there. Yep. I. Uh, I, I yeah. I, I'm. I'm out. I. It's disappointing. <laughs> Leah, what? What movie? What's? What's the movie you're excited for next? Uh, Prometheus. Okay. okay. Um, I have a screening of Brave on Thursday that Ooh. I'm excited about. Oh, maybe you want to join us for that Ooh. podcast. I might, I might. A Pixar, movie, I, a Pixar movie that you've seen ahead of time. Be... Yeah, what do you know? <laughs> um, let's see, what else? I think that's about it. I mean, Besides obviously The Amazing Spider-Man, obviously The Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, those are givens. Yeah. yeah. Um, Medea's yeah. Protection. What? Hmm? 
Medea's witness protection. Come on. <laughs> oh yeah, Guys. top of my list, right there. I can't wait for the Jordan, Allen, and Leah podcast involving <laughs> Medea's witness protection with Eugene Levy. I can't, I can't <laughs> wait for that. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna see that. <laughs> That's gonna be number one on iTunes when it comes out. It probably Aww. will. <laughs> Is it is that going oh, up against Ted? I think that goes up against Ted that weekend. I think that's like the, that's the cup. Are like, you guys excited for that? For Ted? Um, yeah. I I'm kind yeah. I I mean I'll, yeah, I, so, I, so. I say I'll say I want to see it. I'll say that it's not like I desperately want to see it, but like I want to see it. I'll see it when it comes out. Looks did funny. you guys see Moonrise Kingdom? I Tell saw Moonrise did. Kingdom. Abe, did you? Not yet. I'm gonna go check that out though. It just started playing in San Francisco this past week. Gotcha. Have oh my god, so good. Yeah, it, I agree. That that's a that's another show we might do in the future. So. Well, good. Yeah. All right, bookmark me for that one because I've seen it. I might do that actually. We'll keep it because of uh, all this all this sadness of Piranha Three Double D. We need to find. Yeah, a... I have to have some. <laughs> also, gotta find that. Laramie a good movie to review as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we gotta find a good movie for Laramie to enjoy because we've done Wrath of the Titans and <laughs> now it's oh, No god. White and the Huntsman. So uh, yeah. All right, well, now we're just rambling, so let's just cut this off. <laughs> All right. Stop the recording well, in a second. But, um, okay, so final thoughts on Piranha 3 Double D. Let's go for our scale, of course, of when you should go and see this movie. I kind of assume that not ever is a good option, but... Yep. <laughs> Jordan? Never. Okay, never? Never. For never? For never. All right. <laughs> okay, um... Yeah, so that's that's a little tag. Um, I guess uh, Jordan, where can people find more of your work? Um, Twitter, awesome. Uh, Amsterdam chap. Great, Leah. Uh, I'm Zoe my God underscore it's underscore Leah on the Twitter webs. I'm also on Tumblr at Leah Deuce L E A H D U C E. Awesome. All right, thanks guys for joining for this <laughs> second our second take on Parada Three Double D. And thanks anyone that was, you know, listened this far to more talk about the Piranha 3 Double D. Oh, you know they wanted it. I, I know they wanted it. Okay. Everybody wants this. Come I'm on. sure I'm sure they did. Okay. Yeah, have a have a good have a good night, everybody else that, you know, stuck around in Prometheus next week. Hooray. Yes. Woo-hoo. Look here, girls. Take this advice and remember always in life. Into each heart, some tears must fall. Though you love and lose, you must stand tall. Cause we all got to cry sometimes. I say sigh sometimes. Pull yourself together. No use crying forever. Too many fishes to see. Too many fishes to see. I said there's short ones. Too many
E. Eel. Is Eel a movie? It's got to be. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of doubting that one. Let me, let me look that up.